Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode of The Dairy Edge, we caught up with Natalie Roadnight, who was keynote speaker at the National Dairy Conference discussing calf management in Australia. But first, I asked her to give an overview of the dairy industry down under. We have a year-round pasture-based system in Australia and also most dairy cows are on supplementary feed. Most of our herd are Holstein Friesian, around 70%, and with some Jersey and other breeds such as Brown Swiss or, or Australian Reds. Mostly seasonal calving patterns, so spring, uh, some split and, and some year round as well. And I, I guess, you know, for, from our perspective, um, we've had a significant drought this year. So, you know, you, you know a lot more about that than we do. But, you know, what, what are the main challenges that, that you face as a dairy industry? Drought is a current um, challenge in the dairy industry and in all agricultural industries um, in Australia at the moment. Um, we're in we're in quite a bad drought this year, uh, so that's an ongoing challenge, and it that kind of ties into all the other challenges around uh, around the farming systems as well. So uh, we have the drought, but that that affects um, animal welfare in terms of feed availability and and what farmers can afford to do with their their animals. Um, we have Public perception, kind of that social licence kind of risk as well is, is something that the industry is thinking more and more about. Um, and social licence is kind of the, uh, the community's acceptance of farming practices and uh, we call that a social licence to operate and, and to do your thing as a farmer. So that's becoming more of a hot topic as well. Um, we have a fairly low farm gate milk price as well, which is a challenge for Australian farmers. Um, we deregulated in uh, the early 2000s and since then I've uh, had a fairly low milk price at the farm gate and that's an ongoing challenge as well for, for Australian farmers. And of course uh, animal health and welfare is, um, is also something that we need to keep managing as well. And I suppose we in Ireland we would have seen a little bit about the drought in Australia, but you're saying that it's a kind of prolonged drought. So, you know, can you talk, talk through a little bit? Sure. So uh, the main states affected at the moment are New South Wales and, um, and Queensland, but Victorians are also being affected, and particularly uh, the daring regions that are uh, subject to irrigation. So in northern Victoria, uh, we have... We have uh, some water restrictions, so price of water is also affecting farmers a lot. And uh, feed avail- availability is really impacting them at the moment. So even the availability of hay, not just grain, but hay as well, is, is becoming more and more of a problem. Um, so we've been in drought most of this year, 2018, um, and we're not really sure where that's going to head over coming into summer um, in the Southern Hemisphere now. And and then uh, looking at the milk price, you know, since the deregulation, like, you know, so that's a persistent low milk price for 15 years or so. Well, it's been up and down, but, but yeah. yes, at the moment low. And, you know, is it heading in an upward direction or is there any indication of a positive trend? Um, it's it's reasonably plateaued at the moment as, as far as I'm aware. Um, it's There's kind of a challenge for Australian farmers to be as efficient as, as possible um, because of that. So um, I guess there's some advantages in that we're um, we're reasonably efficient farming system, but in terms of the pressure on farmers, it's quite difficult to manage. And and where is the main market? Like, is all of the milk going to the uh, domestic market or are you exporting? We are exporting uh, around 30 to 40%. Uh, so we do 
and we do have to compete with imports as well. So uh, that's why the milk price is the way it is. Even though we're a mostly domestic market, we still um, need to be competitive with any imported dairy products as well. Um, so, so yeah, but we do we do export a, a big proportion. And I guess, look, if we if we move to your area of expertise, um, you you mentioned the animal welfare and animal health. Uh, what are the main welfare challenges that that you see for the industry? Non-replacement calf management is is a big ticket item for in terms of welfare and and social perception of the the industry. So how how we manage those non-replacement calves, um, whether we grow them out as beef animals or um, as we do in Australia. That, that early life slaughter is a very contentious issue and controversial. Um, there's also there's a growing issue around cow-calf separation, which is something that no one necessarily wants to talk about, but it's becoming more of a consumer um, issue as well, um, which we might need to address in, in the coming future. Um, besides those kind of calf issues, I think the, the main ones for the dairy, dairy animals um, – particularly around pasture-based systems, are lameness and mastitis. Um, lameness, particularly for the pasture-based systems. Um, with the, uh, In Australia, sometimes farms are really large, so they often have long walks along tracks, which are going to affect their, their foot condition. So lameness is an ongoing challenge, especially as farms increase in size. Uh, fertility is, is obviously an ongoing challenge for the dairy industry as well. And uh, the other one is the use of pain relief for uh, surgical procedures such as disbudding in calves. I think that's something the public um, is quite focused on as well uh, across agricultural industries, but, but dairy industry as well. Yeah, I think lameness and mastitis that you highlight, that's the big ticket items for us yeah. too. Um, and it would be the biggest challenges, I suppose the biggest visible challenges. There are other diseases that are kind of coming on stream and challenging farms, mm-hmm. but mastitis and lameness would be the big ones. If we focus then our attention on our non-replacement calves, uh, you mentioned the early life slaughter. Can you explain what that actually means? Sure. So in Australia, we call non-replacement calves bobby calves. And we have a system in Australia where farmers uh, can have their calves picked up from their farm and transported to an abattoir from from five days of age. So very young age. Um, And this may seem uh, quite attractive on the surface because farmers can get their calves off the farm, have an outlet for unwanted calves, and um, getting them off early reduces disease risk on farm. But uh, my point of view is that it is quite a big risk to industry in terms of that social licence I was talking about earlier. Uh, so in terms of public perception, it's it's quite a risky practice um, because uh, my anecdotal kind of experience is that when I talk about my bobby calf research um, in terms of the welfare and what I'm doing, most people are unaware of what happens to male calves and non-replacement calves in the dairy system um, in Australia. And these are Australian consumers. So I think that's probably likely to change because most trends have shown that people are increasingly interested in animal welfare and and interested in farming practices and where their food comes from. And as that interest uh, increases, I think so too will the scrutiny of the dairy industry and those practices such as early life slaughter of bobby calves um, is likely to come under... More scrutiny. It sounds particularly early, if you know five days. Yeah. Is there a value put on those calves at that stage? Yeah. So look, the farmers do get paid for them, but uh, sometimes that they get a little bit of profit from that. But sometimes they're either breaking even or um, that are a loss there. So um, 
they're they're low value animals. They're not they're very small, so they're not not of high value to the the meat industry. And a lot of their value comes just from their hides. And and then you mentioned say there is the option with these non replacement calves to be reared for beef. What what proportion would you do? You know what proportion of the calves born go to this industry? So we know that uh, most calves go through the abattoir system early on. Um, the proportion that were reared as beef um, is likely to be less than twenty percent, um, is my understanding for for the non replacement out of the non replacement calves. Um, but that will vary depending on grain price and beef price. So it'll increase in numbers uh, when when beef price is high and when grain price is low um, and decrease accordingly as well. Um, we don't have a lot of public figures, so that's that's actually my, my educated guess as to the numbers, but there's not, not a lot of data available on, on how many are read that way. So, so essentially th- this section of the market is is driven by the economics and viability of it really um yes. you know that that would be i suppose the, the um the optimum choice for for this stock yes. um picking up then on cow calf separation yes. th- i think the research carried out in ireland would very much say that for the health of the calf the optimum and the best thing to do is to take it away from the cow because they're exposed to so many different you know, germs and disease, essentially. Would that be the same thinking that you'd have? So that's definitely the conventional wisdom in Australia is that the earlier, the better. And that's supported by science in that um, even five minutes um, is enough to uh, for the cow and calf to bond um, and for separation to become more stressful. So so the longer you leave the two together, uh, the more they bond and the, the more uh, stress and therefore the poorer welfare when you do separate them. Um, there is some some other studies coming out of, particularly out of Canada, some universities there, um, University of British Columbia, saying that there's actually quite a lot of health benefits to leaving cows on their, their mothers. Um, so obviously Yoni's disease is, is one thing that we can um, that we need to think about and that will depend on the Yoni's status of the each herd. But um, other things such as growth rate um, and I guess less measurable things such as uh, calf welfare and contentment and cow welfare and contentment um, are things where we're seeing uh, research heading that way. But also effects on milk production as well. Some studies, the the jury's a little bit out on that that regard. But some studies have found actually an increase um, in milk production in with cows suckling calves after they are weaned, so, which is kind of counterintuitive to what you would expect. Um, and but the there's not enough evidence to say that that's going to happen every time. And the optimal time for weaning is still in question in terms of if you are going to leave them on when would you eventually take them off and when's the least stressful time and the most profitable time to do that. But this is, I know, a fairly new area in terms of the the global dairy industry, but I am seeing a few farms in the UK, in continental Europe and in Australia starting to pick up these sorts of practices. So it's a little bit of a a niche market at this, this stage, but potentially an area that might see some growth just due to consumer demand. When we consider then just moving back to our the bobby calf industry, uh, do you see regulation coming down the line that will prevent the type of system that's happening for you know maybe seventy percent of the industry? Will it change? It, I think eventually yes. I think it will will eventually change, but we need some systems in place that farmers have to fall back on as an alternative because if we if we regulate too much now, we're likely to see more calves being killed on farm. 
which is also not good for the industry in terms of public perception of, of farming practices. So I think there's there needs to be a careful balance of, of trying to prevent that sort of thing happening, as well as making uh, calf rearing more profitable from the beef perspective. I, I guess then if we consider calf rearing on farms, like you you'd, you'd have seen a bit of this, have ye strong guidelines, um, you know, on best practice? I suppose just for example, from our perspective, we have a simple guide for a newborn calf, one, two, three. So you're talking about the first milk of the cow, so the colostrum, um, within two hours of the calf being born. And then finally, the three would be a minimum of three litres. Have ye any guidelines on best practice for looking after calves? We do. So the industry body in Australia for the dairy industry is called Dairy Australia and they publish a Rearing Healthy Calves manual which has guidelines about uh, best practice calf rearing. Uh, I think our version is the four Qs, so quality, quantity, quickly and squeaky clean is the four Qs. So um, similar kind of message um, but we do see still problems with colostral transfer in across the board in in young dairy calves in Australia and how, would you have a figure for that um, around a third is was what I found in my research on bobby calves and um, previous research on heifer calves uh, which was from a few years ago so it might have changed now but was a similar kind of number so um, and from what I'm seeing in in some of my research it's sometimes not just a, a farm problem but like there'll be some calves on farm that are well managed and some others that aren't. So it might just be that some are getting missed in terms of perhaps timing or just getting unlucky with the quality of the colostrum. And, and so that is probably an area that needs to be uh, improved in Australian dairy. That's great. Thank you, Natalie. That's it for this week's episode of The Dairy Edge. And my thanks to Natalie Roadnight for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.